So as a generator, the way that you're meant to move through life is what's called to respond to things. And what that means is before you take any action, you wait until you actually feel excitement in your gut and then you proceed, which is kind of flips this whole idea of like hustle culture on its head, right? Where like, you don't have to go out and chase. It's like, all you have to do is keep your field clear and the things will come to you. This is the Medicine Podcast. I am Mimi, mushroom queen, AHCC educator, and culinary nutrition expert. I am quite obsessed with providing the unique knowledge for those that want to prevent disease in their body, in their mind, and in their relationships. If that's you, then you are in the exact right place, my love. Let's go take the medicine. Hey, party people. What's up? How you doing? Welcome to The Medicine. I am so happy to be streaming into your ear holes right now. Thanks for choosing to learn and expand with us. We have such an interesting topic today. I am so excited to share this one with you. Today, Chase and I are speaking with the lovely and incredible Victoria Jane. Victoria is a human design coach whose mission is to guide growth-oriented humans to live with less hustle and more flow. After a decade in Silicon Valley achieving everything she thought she was supposed to, Victoria was earthquaked into the harsh reality. She was burnt out and in danger of doing irreparable damage to her health. Been there, know what that's like. (laughs) As she searched for how to heal not just her body but her spirit, she discovered her human design. Today, she is passionate about sharing human design so you can boldly live your truth. Mm. If you're like I was before this interview and know nothing about human design or even heard of it, don't worry, Victoria breaks it all down for us. What's wild is Chase and I told Victoria nothing about our lives, how we live, anything. All she knew about us going into this episode was our birth city and time. That's it. And as you'll hear, she pinpoints us to a T. I wish y'all could have seen my face during this interview because she had me jaw dropped so many times. I was floored by what she was pulling out. If you want to hear more about human design after you're done listening and how it could possibly help you live more in flow in life, definitely hit up Victoria. She is at victoriajane.hd on Instagram, and you can find her information in the show notes below. As always, if you love this podcast and it's helped you in any way, we would love to hear from you in a review on Apple Podcasts. It really, really helps other people find us and share in all of this good, good, expansive knowledge that we all need. So get ready to be amazed by Victoria Jane and enjoy the episode, my loves. Bye. All right, you guys, we have an incredible guest today. I feel like I say that every time because I think we have incredible guests, um, but I'm really, really excited about this one. My love, Chase is here with me. And What's we, up, everybody? <laughs> we get to speak to the lovely Victoria Jane all about human design today. Welcome to the medicine, Victoria. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. So I, we've both like heard of um, human design. You hear little terms thrown out, manifester, generator, manifesting generator, and I've never dived 
into um, what it actually means and what I am, what Chase is, how it benefit, benefits us in life. Um, I'm sure there's some people out there who are like me and, and curious about it, but maybe don't have the time to like, okay, I'm going to sit down for a few hours and like get into it. So um, I'm excited for you to um, give us some of your wisdom, your insight in this, in this space, um, just perusing your Instagram and your personal recommendation from my good friend, Christina Rice. I know you've got to be a total boss to be recommended from Christina. So, <laughs> but first, before we jump into all things human design, the first question we ask every guest is, what do you love about your life? What aspect do you love so much that you wish you could gift to every human? Mm. Well, what's really alive for me right now, having been on my own journey with human design as a system for the past several years is just seeing, I mean, life is always changing. I mean, I think it's changed for all of us in the recent, you know, couple of years or so. Um, and so not to say that I'm at this kind of like destination point that feels like settled and perfect, but this deeper level of self-understanding that I've gotten through human design. And so I guess in a nutshell, that's what it would be like, the more I come to know myself and my inner truth and to trust acting on it, um, it's not always like easy and fun, but it certainly makes me feel more engaged with life, more open-hearted, more alive, mm -hmm. and also more challenged. Um, and so that can certainly come from understanding one's design or it can just, you know, it can just be that without human design as well. Yeah, that's so good. I love what you said, engaged with life. That's mm -hmm. a beautiful yeah. description. It's great insight. I, I feel like, you know, human design is another one of those things where we're gaining more information and more of a database to be able to observe ourselves and, and how we make decisions in this life experience. That's only half the hero's yeah. journey. Like the understanding of something is really only half. It's the integration piece. Yeah. It's, it's learning how to take uh, maybe something about yourself that you did not know. Now you are know uh, knowing and have that accountability to put it into practice. Like that's the challenge. Um, but but like let's start with start with step one. Like how do we do this thing right? Yeah, I love that. Um, that it just I feel like I'm there too, where I'm engaged with life, and I, I don't feel like and I could be misinterpreting, but it's what it sounds like is like you start making choices from an intuitive based model inside yourself, following certain nudges, and it's for me, it's like a one to one relationship with how much self-love I have for myself and how much I'm able to actually trust those nudges to move mm. towards the things in life that light me up truly from the inside. Not that I'm doing, oh, because to make money or because I have this degree or to look this certain way, but, but literally coming from a spark inside me. And that's truly how I've felt engaged with life. So everything you're saying, I totally, totally understand. Yeah. And I like, I like the way you said it's like a one-to-one -one because I find that, you know, we, there's layers, right? So it's like, okay, I'm feeling like drawn to this thing and it's like maybe an edge and it's a little scary. And do I love myself enough to believe I'm deserving, worthy, mm -hmm. um, move through the fear, right? And then we get to that point and there's like another layer, another step. And then we get to um, increase our sense of self-love again and keep expanding. Yeah. Yeah, that's what this whole life experience is. You never get there. It's always, 
as you say, layers, peeling back, you learn a little bit more and then you realize, oh, I actually don't know anything. You'll learn a little bit more. <laughs> and like, then finally, you know, like I, I don't ever want to be done. I don't ever want to be done growing and expanding and getting there. Where is there anyways? I don't know. Okay. Um, but totally agree and totally vibe with you there. I would love to know a little bit about your background and um, what brought you to human design as a passion and were you, did you just grow up with these types of things or uh, what was far, the, far, far from it? Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, tell us about so, that. About like. Yeah, I came to human design about four years ago at this point um, prior to, and I launched my, my human design business um, about a year ago. So it's still relatively new in terms of me doing this publicly. Um, prior to that point, I was working in tech um, have a business background, grew up in a very like success academically oriented family and really had one kind of like I, one path or one expectation of what success was supposed to look like. Mm -hmm. So I put a lot of pressure on myself, um, had a lot of like ego identity that I was like hanging on to for validation. And that was its whole you know, a whole journey as well. Um, but I started having health issues a few, like starting in 2017, which I know that I'm sure listeners of the podcast and you have your own stories too, like was both really challenging and the wake up call to get me to like actually mm. take in the message that, Hey, this, this is out of alignment for you. Like there's, you know, you're doing everything right. Lifestyle, you're drinking a green smoothie, you're riding your bike to work, you're meditating every day, you're working out and like, you still have blood sugar issues. Mm. It's probably not physical. Right. Um, so it was around that time when I started having these health issues that I found human design and I'm a projector. We were just talking before you hit record that you're a projector as well, Mimi. And uh, the way that our energy works is kind of, it's different from the majority of the population. Um, projectors, I guess, I'm trying to decide how deep to get into it. Essentially, <laughs> we, uh, we, part of our chart um, is not colored in, which means that we don't create energy in the same way that about 70% of the population does, the way that Chase does. Where when Chase is doing something that he loves, he could do it all day. It's so exciting. It's so fun. Like, I don't need to stop for lunch break. Like, this is awesome, right? Um, yeah, I just saw you exchange a look and that. Um, whereas for projectors, um, reflectors, we could be doing our favorite thing and we it still depletes us in some way. So it's not to say that we don't have energy, but like, I remember being like a little kid in elementary school and like, you know, when like the whole class is working on a project and the teacher's like, do we want to keep working or like take a break? And all the kids are like, let's keep doing the paint or whatever. And in my head, I'm like, no, no, I want to take the break. Yeah. But I always thought there was something wrong with me because of that. And turns out there isn't. That's just the way projector energy works. Hmm. We can take in other people's energy and then see how to optimize it, um, guide it. But also, our, because of that, our workplace is different. So projectors are actually really not meant to work like more than a handful of hours per day, um, which I try not to make it so black and white, but it's yeah. more to make a point that when I learned about myself being projector in the context of the tech kind of like really intense work weeks oh, yeah. that I was so used to, like, I was like, oh, this is why things feel so hard, but everybody else seems to be like doing just fine. Mm. Um, so, so that's when I started getting deeper into my own design because um, it just made so much sense. And it gave me a language for accepting how I was different than maybe what I had seen that was around mm. me and a pathway to start to make changes based on my own self-understanding. 
I remember specific moments in my life too, where exactly what you're saying, where you have this realization (laughs) and once you have it, you're like, how the hell did I not? Things like, oh, not everybody thinks and feels and behaves like I do. Not everyone thinks about this certain thing like I do. Not everyone is motivated by the same things. It's this weird, even like between men and women, the masculine and feminine, I feel like coming to like, oh, we're fundamentally different and it's okay. It's okay. And it's, it, it should be celebrated. Like those moments are distinct in my life. And it, it sounds like that's what you're describing when you're like, oh, I'm different and it's okay. Can I ask what age was this when you were drinking all the green juice and meditating and you still weren't feeling good. What age? I mean, I've always had this like hippie side of me. So I was into like yoga and meditating, gosh, like in my early twenties, but when all the health issues stuff started coming up, this is around my Saturn return. And um, so that was, I don't know that was maybe like four or five years ago at this point. Yeah. Okay. I feel like the reason why I ask is because I feel from people that we've just talked to, friends, family, experts, you know, people we've interviewed ourselves around 26, 27 is like a really big time, age, year kind of a point in people's lives where they've, they've maybe followed the script like we've talked about. Uh, I think 20, 2016, 2017 for me specifically, and I think for you as well, uh, hit similar, you know, physical, physical low points. And I was, I was working public finance. I was working for a Deloitte, huge, huge uh, public services company. And similarly, like burning the candle at both ends, grinding super hard on, on fitness and exercise and literally ran into a brick wall, uh, you know, spiritually, emotionally, physically. But from the outside, Ah, from from the the outside, outside, yeah, from the outside, same, both of us, like, our families didn't necessarily know that there was anything wrong or whatever, because on the outside we look, you have a great job. You're making good money. You seem like you have a lot of friends. You're dating. Like, what do you mean? Your life seems great. And on the inside, you're like crumbling. Yeah. That's not familiar at all. Uh, I'm like, Oh, are you talking about me? Yeah, totally. Like that same time period, I didn't even talk about my workout schedule, but I was um, trying to keep up with my partner at the time who is a manifesting generator. And so he was doing, we were doing like, um, gosh, what is it called now? Linear progression for weights. Do you know what I'm talking about? That was like, you just add weight each time until you literally can't walk up the stairs anymore. Okay. Now that I know I'm a projector, I'm like, oh, no wonder you lost all your hormones and had no period. Because of course, you know, I, the estrogen was zero. Yeah. Actually like men in their sixties had more estrogen than I did at 26, like a true story. Yeah. And sometimes it takes like, now I look back and like, that was a really intense, like, duh, how did you not get it sooner? But that's what it, that's what it took or what I needed. Like our body is so beautiful and wise that it has these cues, things like pain and acne and digestive issues and fatigue and whatever it is, whatever the symptoms is that comes up, it's like your body screaming at you. Like whatever you're doing out there in the 3D world, we don't like it in here. Can you please stop or change? Yeah. And it's really until you throw away that script we've all been given, which is kind of like the world that we're brought up in, whether it be your profession um, or your fitness or your health, the way of doing things is really only fit for some and, um, or the way that, that it's commonly accepted to do things is really only fit for some. And then it's things like human design, right? That come in and, and shed light on another alternative route that can give you some insight, which is why we're doing this, right? I'm so yeah. curious. Yeah. Out of curiosity, where does human design come from? Like, what's the history of this thing? 
Yeah, so this may or may not resonate with people depending on their background, but human design was channeled by the founder. Um, his name is Ra Aruhu, or that's, that's not his given name. He changed his name to that after he channeled the system. Um, Canadian dude in the late 80s. And he, I mean, the way he tells it, he was in Ibiza, he heard a voice, and then like over the course of maybe like a week, a week and a half, it just all came through. Mm. And the system itself is based on four different ancient systems, the chakra system, the I Ching, the Kabbalah, and astrology. And mm. then also draws on quantum physics. So like if you look at your chart, there's like shapes and colors and numbers. And the idea is that when you're born, the subatomic particles, neutrinos that are streaming through basically like imprint you. And that's your design that you get. Mm. Mm. Wow. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. And in Chase, what you were saying earlier about like, yeah, there isn't one right way like there's different ways for different people. That's like exactly what human design gets at. And I think yeah. a lot of the time we intuitively get like, oh, you know, it works for someone to like hustle in this way and they seem to really like it, but it doesn't necessarily work for someone else. And, but I think a lot of the times we have a hard time like really accepting that given how the stories, the conditioning, right? So when somebody gets their chart, I think a lot of people find so much permission in it because now you have a language to describe your differences that don't mm -hmm. feel like an excuse or like, am yeah. I just making it up? But like, Hey, this is literally your chart. And like, you don't have to, you know, use your energy in this way or yeah. mm, speak in this way or whatever yeah. it is. The comparisonitis, it kind of gives like a break from the comparisonitis that we can all, uh, you know, fall victim to sometimes when you're looking at someone's life or their highlight reel on Instagram or whatever it is that you're like, how come I don't do that? Or how come I'm not motivated that way? Or how come that's not happening for me? And it just might not be in your makeup, in your design. And, and I like that you use the word permission slip or permission. It's like, it's okay. It's okay that we're different. And if we were all the same, it would be a very boring world. Well, and I, I think, I mean, this is going to get a little, a little, I'm not, I don't mean this to be conspiracy theory in nature, but the world would like us to be the same because it's easier to control mm -hmm. um, versus something like this, which, which promotes diversity, which, which is empowering and gives you that option to follow or lead, literally like look inside about, you know, kind yeah. of the, the way that you're put together and follow that intuition. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Are there any other um, benefits or um, before we jump into our charts specifically, um, you, you mentioned it being kind of a permission slip for someone. What other benefits could someone take away from learning about their own human design that you've maybe experienced with clients or whatever? Yeah. Well, I always have to like pause because I'm like, I want to say everything, but I'll give some examples. So it's like a little clearer for people. I think one huge piece is the self understanding, right? So there, within, there's so many layers to human design, but the basics are knowing what your type is, which is how your energy naturally works. Um, and then something called strategy, which is how you can best move through life to find the most flow and ease. So we've all like for example, when we were in our old jobs, right? Like really pushed to like make something successful and like technically it was successful, but it felt like a slog. Moving from that to following your strategy in human design can be a way to decide things with more ease and more flow. Mm -hmm. So there's that piece and then tuning more into your intuition. So there's seven, give or take, different types of intuition within human design. So that like the sort of general phrase of go with your gut, mm -hmm. um, again, applies to 
say, mostly generators and MGs, but not necessarily the other types. So there's that whole category. Um, then I hear from a lot of folks just how knowing the design of other people in their life changes their relationships. So this can be, of course, romantic, but also like family members, like, oh my gosh, now I understand why my sibling triggered me in this way. <laughs> yeah. um, this is why my parents, you know, like told me these things which worked for them, but not for me. Um, so there's that. And then I think another big piece is a lot of people are concerned about purpose and career and knowing certain parts of your chart, for example, your profile, um, as well as different gates or gifts that you have can be really helpful too, because I think a lot of the time we think of, when we think of career, it's like, oh, what should I do? Like, what is my, you know, business card byline? Um, right. But what human design really speaks to is like, what are the gifts that you have, whether it's um, like Mimi for yourself, being able to really like orient towards the future, right? You can do that anywhere. Like mm -hmm. you can, like, you're the kind of person that's like, cool, I want to like look at what's worked in the past so that I can apply it to where we're going. and you know, leadership, there's so many different ways that can show up as a projector with what you have. It's like, you can really guide energy and from your vantage point, other people are going to want to turn to you to provide direction. Mm. You know? And that's not a, that's not a job. You can do that anywhere. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. see what you're saying. How many types are there? Yeah. So there's five different types. Um, so there's manifest and yeah. So there's manifestors, generators manifesting generators which are kind of like a hybrid of the two and these first three types they're all types that when you're doing what you enjoy doing it is energizing to you mm -hmm. and then there's projectors and reflectors and these two types require rest and like rejuvenation after doing what it is that might take mm -hmm. up some energy okay gotcha. that makes sense so manifestors man, uh, manifesting generators and generators all when they are on purpose and balance that in and of itself gives them energy so may, they might not need the same recoup rejuvenation compared to a projector or reflector even if they're doing exactly what they quote unquote should be doing or whatever lights them up mm -hmm. gotcha okay yeah. Totally. And cool. there's, there's also, there's even more nuance underneath that, but we can, we can get to that when we get to your charts. Yeah. Great. And, you know, one question that I had is, as you know, you asked for our birth dates and time, mm -hmm. um, kind of in the, in this process, what are the inputs? Obviously we know the output, it's our types and there's meaning behind all of those. The inputs seem to be, you know, our birth date. So what is that? What is that input? And what's the processing of that input to, to spit out these, these types? Yeah. Yeah. So, Basically, it's just getting where are you on the planet when you're born to okay. know at like planetarily what is imprinting you. Mm. So like we, we ask for your birth time and date and then location, but location is really just for the time zone to know like, cool, uh, you know, the sun was here, um, the moon was here, blah, 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 as Jupiter was there. Boom. We, we like, you know, we stamped you. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So but there's a, there's a really complex software. I mean, I don't. I'm not a physicist, so I don't know like exactly how they calculate all of it. But um, yeah, you can Google like where to pull up a chart and we can include a link too. Um, but they're all using the same software. Cool. Gotcha. Cool. Awesome. Well, let's jump into let's some of the, the types. Maybe we can start with ours and then we can work backwards towards the other types if that works for you. Because yeah. I want anyone who's listening who may, maybe they know that they're a manifestor or maybe they know that they're a generator or whatever. I want them to come away with something also about themselves too. But I'm also selfishly very curious about what we're <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, okay. So let's start. Um, 
Let's start with Chase. Uh, so we said that you're a generator, right? And the thing that, and this will cover a lot of people because about 30, uh, like 35-ish percent of the population is generators and then another 35 is manifesting generators. And the thing that both of you types have in common um, that none of the other types have is this consistent access to sacral energy, which I was kind of touching on before with the like, yeah, you can just like keep doing what you love, right? And it might feel so obvious to you, Chase, but like 30% of the population doesn't have that. So the, each type is a purpose, right? As we were kind of talking about before. And so the reason why 70% of the world is a generator or a manifesting generator is we need this sacral energy, this, which I think of as like life force energy to be building things, creating things, just following your excitement. Because when you're in alignment and you're just, I don't know, like I'm sure there's so many things you love doing, but when you're building the business or doing the workout or making the meal, like not only does it fill you up, but you create this energy that lifts other people up around you. Like I'm sure you felt yourself, right? I see you not like at a party or whatever, and you're just feeling good. And like everybody else feels good and excited too. Yeah. 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 Great. I love that. Yeah. So it's like, you know, at the simplest level, it's like allowing yourself to follow your gut, which is what your sacral center is, um, to maximize this creation energy that you have consistent access to, to not only fill your own cup, but then fill the rest of the world around you too. And it's like a win-win thing. So there's this movement out of like scarcity mindset into what's best for you is also best for everyone. Okay. Does this have anything to do with, I feel like you are like, he's like an idea machine Mm. and always has a new business idea. Even if we never do anything with it, you are full of ideas. And sometimes I literally like look at you and I'm like, why don't I have that many ideas, you know? And I kind of get this like, like, yeah. like, I'm just, I'm so impressed with how many ideas come about and uh, things that he, you know, like, Oh, we could do this. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Does that have anything? Well, to do- it, it does. It doesn't have to do with him being a generator, but um, Chase, you have, so there's, there's two centers in your head area. One is related to inspiration and the other is related to uh, more of like formed beliefs, opinions, and both of these centers, when you have something colored in, you have consistent access to that. So Chase is someone who is like consistently thinking about things, essentially. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and in particular, like your flavor of thinking about things, because there's different lines that give you definition in, in your chart. Um, your flavor of thinking about things is really wanna, wanting to understand the nature of the universe, mm, like constantly absolutely. pondering. I see... You know, this shows up in different ways, but the people that I know, some examples are like wanting to go back to grad school for physics to like just know how the universe works, um, being really spiritual, asking questions about like why society is the way it is. Um, and then that turning into your own inner sense of knowing, like you uniquely knowing something, not because you read it somewhere necessarily or because you like found some data, but just like because of your own pondering, like this is kind of what I believe about the world. Yeah, no, that's perfect. That, that nails it on the head. I, I grew up conservative Christian uh, in the conservative Christian environment. My family is very, very moderate. Um, but I was the kid going, no, don't think so. Yeah. Wait, what Wait, about this? This doesn't make any sense. Um, all the way into my adult life uh, to the point that I, everything that I sort of believe about the universe and the meaning of life is experiential based. And it's been from okay. downloads that I have through my experience in life. So 
Um, wow. Yeah, that definitely, definitely hits home out of curiosity. Like I'm always, I'm always interested in being able to observe and, and feel in myself when I'm in balance and when I'm out of balance, uh, mm-hmm. what does my type look like typically in flow or in balance as well as like out of balance? What, what type yeah. of things would start manifesting? Oh, I love that. Okay. So my idea, idea of like a perfect generator day. And so we haven't touched on, let me say two more things and yeah. then I'll answer the like ideal day flow piece. Mm-hmm. Um, so as a generator, the way that you're meant to move through life is what's called to respond to things. And what that means is before you take any action, you wait until you actually feel excitement in your gut and then you proceed, mm. which is kind of flips this whole idea of like hustle culture on its head, right? Where like you don't have to go out and chase. Like you don't need to make it happen. Yeah. The way that your energy, your aura works as a generator is because of that sacral center you have this kind of warm, open, inviting presence. Like you can be, you know, at out and people just feel like, oh yeah, I can approach, I can approach you, I can hang out, whatever. Um, and so it's the same with opportunities, things that you're manifesting. It's like, all you have to do is keep your field clear and then mm-hmm. things will come to you. So that's what responding is all about. And then the other piece of it is, well, what do I listen to within my system to actually respond? Right. And we've, talked about your gut a lot already that, well, there's a little more to say about that. So you do have your gut that you can rely on. Um, and there's something that can be helpful for generators and manifesting generators to think about, which is how would you articulate what your gut yes versus no is? Because you're constantly responding to life, whether that's an expansion or a contraction or a sound like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, you're nodding. So it sounds like it resonates. Um, yeah. Can you feel that like as you move through life usually? One of the best decisions I ever made for my overall health was getting completely off moldy coffee. If you are on a mission to get to the bottom of mystery symptoms and feel your best in life, this is something you need to know about. I have now lost count of the hundreds of people who tell me they have given up on coffee and caffeine not because they wanted to, but because they thought they had to. Because every time they drink it, they feel shaky, anxious, brain foggy, have skin reactions or digestive issues. I then explained to them that, my love, you are more likely having a reaction to the mold and pesticides in your coffee, not the caffeine. The sad and shocking reality is that up to 91% of coffee beans used in America are contaminated with mold, not to mention the 42 different chemicals and pesticides sprayed on most coffee beans before they are even harvested. So if you have persistent, unexplained brain fog, sore joints, fatigue, immune issues, or other mystery symptoms, it could be from moldy coffee you are unknowingly pouring into your precious body every day. No pill, no potion is going to help us feel better if we don't first remove the negative stimulus, like the moldy coffee. Here's the great news. If you love coffee, you don't have to give it up. Every day I drink delicious, mold-free, pesticide-free coffee that supports my overall health in the best way. It's my Reishi King Coffee. King Coffee is organic coffee mixed with the spores from Reishi mushrooms. 
This unique and potent combination allows me to enjoy coffee while also supporting my hormones, my immune health, my nervous system, my digestion, my mood, my stress levels, and so much more. If King Coffee was a pop star, she would absolutely be Beyonce potent and divine. If you love coffee, I invite you to ditch the mold and try King Coffee for yourself. It was one of the best decisions I ever made for my health. I can't and won't go back. To learn more about what makes Reishi Spores and King Coffee so unique, you can check out episode number six of this podcast. And to grab your King Coffee, do not buy on Amazon. That is illegal and expired product. Instead, go to themedicine.myorganogold.com and search for King Coffee. You can also just check the show notes or my Instagram bio for a direct link. Bringing you only the best and only what I'm obsessed with. Cheers, boo. Yeah, definitely. Um, a couple things like when something is, is very clear to me, I don't need motivation to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm motivation. I, I've often thought to myself is made up uh, because I, I, for me personally, because I don't need it. If, if there's something I want to do or pursue, I will just do it without even thinking about it subconsciously. And if I have a hesitation to do it and say to myself, God, I just need to get motivated to do this. Mm. I, I take a second and go, actually, I don't want to do that. I'm not supposed to do that. Anything that I will do, uh, I will just like act upon. Um, and then the other thing I would say is what I consistently do, because I do have, you know, as we all do growing up in this like fear-based uh, world that we live in, I'm constantly trying to filter through what is excited anxiety versus um, hesitation. Yeah. Like hesitation versus act- an actual like hit of your stomach decision that is, that is bad. And, and I'm, I'm not describing it well, but what I really mean is like that feeling of ramping up a roller coaster, which kind of feels like maybe in your throat a little bit, but is a little bit of a hesitant um, anxiety on the other side of that is bliss. It's an absolute mm. blast. It's, it's incredible versus the feeling that is like a punch to your stomach. The two are very different. When you hurt somebody, when you lie, when you're caught in the act of, cheating or something along those lines, you feel that deep pain inside of your body, inside of your stomach, really like uh, it's a different location on my body. I think that oftentimes gets mistaken for that little bit of anxiety or that hesitation before you enter into something that is quite fulfilling, fruitful, exciting. And so for me, when I am in these decisions of there's a little fear associated with before I make an action or a decision, I really try to hyper-focus on where it's located inside of me because if it's the ramp up the roller coaster feeling, I'm going to do it knowing that the, knowing that on the other side of it is a breakthrough. But if it's got that like pit of my stomach type feeling, those are bad vibes and I may want to stay clear. Yeah. So good. I'm so glad you shared that because that's a really common question. Like when someone first learns about the design, it's like, how do I differentiate between this, like an edginess versus, uh, the out of alignment fear, essentially. And each person is going to have to, this is like the experimentation part of human design, right? Like we're using words to describe energy and sensation and like how you feel it and describe it is going to maybe be different than somebody else feels it and describes it. So tuning into like what you've done is you have enough past history to know like 
where is it and how does it show up to actually differentiate and that is just that's just a practice right um and the last part of what you said around like, oh, I can just sense when it's bad vibes now. Uh, you have, so you have a pretty, what's called defined chart in that you have a lot of colored in centers where your white is where you take in energy. And so your one white center is your spleen, which is all about picking, it's like survival and fear. So you can pick up on essentially the bad vibes that are around you. And there's a sensitivity here to, you know, if somebody is like unhealthy or unwell and you're around them, you might actually feel kind of unwell yourself. Wow. And so there takes some, um, it takes some time to actually like learn how to, how that's getting picked up because it's like, Oh, is this me or is this someone else? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, wow. That's, that's incredible. Um, there's definitely been moments of, um, I can sense that the scenario is, is not uh, ideal or bad vibes, or there's an individual or an energy in my presence that is toxic. And I, I will literally feel it. He'll pick up on it before I do. And I'm, I'm, I consider myself a, a sensitive type person. Like I usually can, but there's been instances where he'll be like, I didn't feel right about that. And I'm like, what are you talking about? They were great. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and, and then it, something happens and it's like, Oh shit! You you were right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Well, and I'm glad we're talking about this too because another thing that people, another question I get a lot is like, "Ooh, if I have fill in the blank kind of chart, does that mean I can't be sensitive?" And like, it's funny because now I feel like in the wellness space, people want to be sensitive, even though like a lot of us who are sensitive struggled with that as a shadow <laughs> in the past. Um, it's always greener. So, I know, but so I just want to point out that like in this case, you know, Chase your generator, like you have a really defined chart and you can still be really sensitive um, in, in other areas as well. So, okay, so to bring it back, I promise I'm answering your question soon. Um, you wanna tune into your gut and you also wanna take time before making decisions because of both your open spleen, which we just talked about, where you could be picking up on some weird vibes and you need some time to just tell, like you don't wanna be super spontaneous, potentially because of different vibes that are around and because of the emotional part of you being a generator. So your loudest center is your emotional center, which is creating this emotional energy all the time. And so the way I like to describe it is people with a defined emotional center, it's just like there's emotions that are just like weather happening for you. You wake up in the morning sometimes and you could just feel happy or you could just feel kind of low. And it's not because something specific happened. It's just there's this wave, right? And so whenever you have an emotional wave, you're an emotional authority, you want to not force yourself to rush into things because if you're on a high, you might be tempted to say yes to everything or on a low, you might be tempted to say no to everything when in reality, if you gave it some time, you could kind of watch the full pattern um, mm. before committing. Mm. So um, that's, that's beautiful, beautiful validation for, you know, something I, I think that I'm self-aware on. Uh, which is like <laughs> typically described as moody. <laughs> um, the judgy word for it. Yeah. Right. right. But what has been helpful <laughs> is that like, Hey, I'm going to sleep on this. Yes. Hey, I'm going to ask my subconscious this and I'm going to go for a long walk. Hey, I'm going to ask my subconscious this. I'm going to, I'm going to take a, take a nap or go for a long swim or something and then see what happens after things kind of shake out a little bit. Mm -hmm. That's exactly it. For, for anyone with an emotional authority, it's just giving yourself just a little more time because you have, you don't necessarily know in the moment, but once you can get kind of like a trend line of, oh, my gut was excited and now it's even more excited. Like, okay, this is definitely a yes mm -hmm. versus, 
you know, forcing yourself to decide when you don't know. So that's the last kind of like foundational piece of knowing your design. So with that all in mind, when you're in flow, I think of a generator popping up in the morning, like ready to get out of bed, full battery, fully recharged. Um, and then you're led by your gut to decide what to do throughout the day. And you're somebody with um, a lot of arrows going to the left. So you do better with a routine, with structure, like maybe say meal times, um, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe you have like regular like meetings and calendar blocks. <laughs> and then because you have that, that generator energy, you want to make sure that you're using up your energy throughout the day. So of course, work that you love is great, but also physical activity. Um, like generator kids, like trying to put them to bed when they haven't actually drained their whole battery is like really a bummer for the parents, right? It's like in some cases, it's actually great to just let yourself, you know, stay up a little later, do the thing you want to do because that that will allow you to properly fall asleep. Yeah. Um, and when some other things, saying no to the things that are actually a no is like another really hard piece for some generators. So as you're moving throughout your day, it's like you're tuning into, oh, yeah, like actually you gave a good example of it earlier. Um, I just, like, I can't, I think you made like a sound. You were like, oh, I just like really don't want to do that. Like classic generator sacral sound of like, there's no energy here, right? Yeah. So constantly tuning into the yeses and nos that are coming from your body. Um, and then when you're talking to people, Mimi as well, um, when they're asking you to decide things, being asked in a way that allows for your yes or no response rather than an open-ended question. So like, mm. hey, what are we having for dinner? Mimi can ask, like, would you, do you want, I don't know, a salad or soup, right? And that's going to be a lot easier for you to respond to than like pulling something oh out of Oh my gosh. Are you like in our condo, like <laughs> listening to our conversations? Because I, I'll, I'll <laughs> so Jace, for his job, very full schedule, He's a, he, I think he's a very important person. And so he makes a lot of decisions throughout the day. It's, it's one after the next, after the next. And I see it because we work six feet from each other. And sometimes we get to the point of like, it could be something as simple, like what salad dressing do we want? And he's at the point where he doesn't want to answer any more or make any more decisions. It's like, I want, I want you to just do it or, or what you're saying where it's like this or this rather than mm -hmm. like, what do you want for dinner? It's like, oh my gosh, I can't, I can't put any more energy towards. Yeah, I, I do get decision fatigue for sure. And, and I appreciate, it's funny uh, you say that. It's not funny. I'm sure you get this all the time <laughs> with your clients. Um, but I instruct my team actually um, to present problems or cases or scenarios to me, not with, hey, here's the scenario, what do I do? Rather, I would prefer them to, to take it as far as they possibly can literally complete every box that they can and if they've filled out so like if if there's steps a to z and they get all the way to d and have a problem with e i say skip e and go on to f try to complete the rest of the steps come back to me with what you have not figured out it's easier for me to say yes and or maybe it's just yes and you did it perfectly you don't even you don't you don't even need me anymore um than it is for me to describe it from from you know square one so that totally, totally nails it on the head yeah and some of that is just good management but i think there's something specific to you as a generator where um it's going to be easier for you to respond to somebody's question when it's hey I, i've set this up now like now you can react to it versus like 
just a giant question mark sure. because your because your gut isn't. Um, I mean, obviously, your mind is involved in the work in this situation in this example, but for other decisions, your gut isn't your mind, so it's not coming up with sentences. Um, the thing that's funny about the dynamic around dinner and just other decisions, Mimi, you were describing is, so you, as a self-projected projector, um, you don't have a defined sacral, so you don't have this gut that you can tune into. Your intuitive process involves talking things out. So for you, I imagine when you're like, what, do, what kind of salad dressing do we want? You just, like, it's actually perfect for you to like talk about, like, what do we want? What do we want? What do I want? What do you want? Right? And so I think part, part of it is like Chase knowing like, oh, maybe I don't have to answer it. Like if it's not structured in the way that's going to be best for me. And just knowing that it's part of Mimi's process to talk it out. Right. Yeah, I, I will literally go, is this something you need? Like, yeah, yeah. Decision making on, or are we just talking about this? <laughs> I'm literally just like, I'm just talking to myself because I'm right. going through my thoughts. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and the human design tweak on it would be so uh, your chart is very different, Mimi, in that the only defined centers you have are your. G center was what it's called, which is your is sense of identity. <laughs> close, close. No, this is where um, it's your sense of identity and direction in life. So like you have your, you have access to deep capacity for deep self-love. Like this is who I am. This is like the life I get to live. Um, wow. I can embrace all the things that I've experienced. And I have a sense of, we were talking before about like where we're headed in the future, but also for you, you're connected to a sense of the past, to our stories as a collective. Um, and so all of these things are informing how you move through life, which is really like questions around whatever it is, including the salad dressing. Is this taking me where I want to go? Does this affirm my sense of self? Um, maybe you're like, I'm so not a poppy seed person, so I would never get the poppy seed dressing. I know that's like a really silly example, but like it all comes back to your sense of identity, like the labels that you identify with. However, um, it's really hard to tap into or have perspective on that sense of self, just like swirling within you, right? So this is where the talking it out is really important. Being self-projected, like everybody that I know that's self-projected, um, it's this lesson to take up more space, like share your voice even more, talk even mm. more because, and, and like not feel small in that. And that's, I mean, I think it's a, it, like a challenge for a lot of people, not just self-projected, but like, you know, as women, um, whatever, like fully expressing yourself and not feeling like you're too big because who you consistently are, are these two parts of you. You have a defined throat, like consistent way of speaking um, and your consistent identity. So when you share that, you give other people the permission to be themselves too. Mm. So it's like, even Absolutely. though you're talking things out for yourself, you're also, when you share your process with other people, they hear it and they're like, oh my gosh, wow. Like I learned this. And also, cause you're a three, five profile. So when you share like the experiences that you've gone through, the things that you tried and failed at, um, you come across to other people as somebody who can really kind of like, you can like, they can live through you vicariously mm -hmm. and you can be a catalyst for their own process as well. That, that is so true. I am like, I have like goosebumps all over my body because that's something that I hear. And I think it's one reason why I identify, <laughs> talking about identity, I identify so much with what goes into being a podcast host. You're, you're, it's a lot of sharing and a lot of like, here's my life and here's what I do and this and that. And the feedback that I've gotten from women 
really is who is who's coming to me. Like when you said this, I was able to do that or, or, um, and certainly that could apply to anyone who's on the other end of a microphone, but I think it's this measured voluntary vulnerability where it's not like, here's my life, everybody look at me. It's more like, it's more like I'm, I'm choosing to share with you for the purpose of you finding whatever you need to find in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just, I'm literally what you're saying is I, I hear that from women in my DMs every single day. And if I can speak for you a little bit, um, we've, we've been together since, uh, you know, we were 15 years old, so we know each other wow. quite well. Um, oh my gosh, that's so sweet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Megan's the youngest in her family and that inability at times with a very complex family dynamic with a lot of older siblings and older individuals who've six of us. Yeah. Yeah. You weren't allowed that space. Like that has, that has been challenging for you, for you to have to, to, I'm not going to say deal with, but like navigate, navigate to figure out yeah. who you are and where your bliss is. If you haven't had the opportunity to flex a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. yeah so the advice for you would be like, when you're, when you're deciding things, like keep talking, like literally keep talking. Um, and of course it's great to have people to talk to, but that's not always accessible. And so journaling is a great one, or I know some people will talk into like their own voice memo mm-hmm. notes and then like listen back to themselves because it's about the process of articulating out. And then you can kind of like see, feel, hear the energy of what is carried through your voice. Yes. Yeah. I journal every morning. I do the voice memo sometimes. And yeah, you're, you're, when I don't do those things is when I feel the like bad. I I feel like something's missing when I'm not journaling or, or whatever that is. I'm not allowing that space of like, almost like a flow of energy out of me in the form of like processing. Um, That's, I, I don't do well in those scenarios. Yeah. Yeah. And so I feel like, you know, we could talk forever. So, and I, and like, wait, is there one more thing I want to say about Chase? I don't, one more thing about like the day and flow thing. So when generators are super in alignment, I find that things just, things just come into like, there's a lot of synchronicities that just pop in, right? Like it goes back to the not chasing thing where your, your energy is so strong that it's like magnetizing and pulling in. Um, all the things that you you really want to respond to that you want to light up for. Yeah, yeah. I definitely feel that. Uh, I can have a, definitely have a tendency too to want to force something mm-hmm. uh, to me or force myself to it. And it is funny those those moments of um, giving up the struggle is when is when the the presence of something you've so desired actually appears. And um, call it woo woo, but there's been a few moments in my life where literally that the the instant of letting go of the just exhaustive pursuit for something let's just say money for example um where i have that breakthrough is when i for the first time have financial freedom um mm-hmm. it, it's really yeah, or in our relationship or in our relationship yeah like we you don't know this about us victoria but we were actually married very young um and we were together for 3 years uh, or we were together for 10, married for three, and then we actually separated and divorced. And then three years later, when both of us were um, in some level of balance and alignment with what we were, you know, kind of meant to be doing, whatever. It, and there was this, this like, you just loved life and you weren't like grasping or searching or anything. It, it was like, we both like magnetized back to each other. Yeah. 
Wow. And wow, what an incredible story. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. yeah it's, a, it's a wild story, mm-hmm. but it, uh, we've experienced that enough to know, like, I can confirm what you're saying, and I know he can too. Yeah, yeah. and I imagine that the level of growth that you both individually got to, to then come back together, like, you're, neither of you are the same people, right? So it's almost no. like a different relationship with two new versions of yourself. Oh, yeah. I say it's a Grand Canyon. Like, we both traversed a Grand Canyon of self-development, evolution, whatever you want to call it, expansion, spiritual epiphanies, all of the above, physically, mentally, spiritually, relationally, emotionally, all of it in a very, I would say, short window of, of three years, really, for me. Yeah. And what I so appreciate about, you know, what you're doing, Victoria, is people, including ourselves, go through these things in life. And, and we may not understand that there is um, intelligence behind some of these things that are happening, these breakthroughs that are taking place, a little bit about us, a little bit about the nature of the universe. And if we didn't study or have people like you articulating this system, it may just be happenstance, random, or a seem like luck or lack of luck to walk through life. Mm-hmm. What you're doing is, is you're essentially studying, providing the diagnostics, if you will, of individuals and saying, hey, there's a there's a wind passing this way. You may want to set your sails in this direction mm-hmm. um, based on all the intellig- intelligence of this system that is behind this, such that people like us aren't walking through life hoping to get lucky and avoid the unluck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you for saying that. And yeah, in your case, Chase, the unluck is pushing when really you can just let things come to you and respond. And then in Mimi's case, it's a projector. So let's switch here. Your projector strategy is called wait for the invitation. Mm. And so that can often, I find there's like two camps of people. One group of projectors hears that and they're like, oh my gosh, thank God. I've hate, I feel like I've been hitting my head against a wall trying to push and make everything happen. And like this finally gives me the permission to uh, not struggle as much. And then there's the group of people that are like, wait, no, I hate this. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and a lot of people fall in that category just because of the way society is. Um, but I would say I, I identify, I register with the former with, okay. with like, even like using the podcast as an example, the, 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 guests that I think that I, oh, I have to get them on and I email and I do this, this, and it doesn't work out or it's not the way that I want it to be. And the best ones are when someone says, oh, you should check this person out. Or it's a, it is like an invitation almost. And it doesn't just always fall into my lap, but there's a nudge from somewhere else rather than me going and like searching and finding and pleading and grasping. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And this is the sense of ease that can come when we follow our strategy where um, specifically for the projector, like there's this, there's this tension or dynamic that can exist where, you know, we're as all projectors have this role of being guides. So we really want to be helpful, be seen. And because of the way our charts are, we can often see like what the solution is before other people do, whether it's like, here's this advice for my friend, or this is how things should happen at work. Right. But a lot of the times, like people didn't ask us. And if we just boarded out, people oh come God. across, we come across as arrogant, um, standoffish, know-it-all, like all these things. Yeah. Would this like, happen to you? Yes. I literally, I just, I have this conversation with my close friends all the time where I I'm listening to someone talk about whether it's a health issue or whatever it might be. Maybe it's dating. Um, and I'm like, 
I know what will help you. And there's this thing inside me. It feels like this creature inside me that is in unrest. If I don't, if I'm not able to offer them help, I feel like I'm losing as a human and I have to Zen myself into exactly what you're asking, exactly what you're saying. Like maybe they don't actually want, maybe they're not offering an invitation for help or advice or whatever, even if you do have the thing. And so mm-hmm. I've been really trying to navigate, like, are they open? Do they even, are they really asking for this? And I've, yeah. it's, it's something I just, you don't even know how much this comes up in me where I'm like, mm-hmm, and I'm like, <laughs> I, yeah. I want it out so bad. Yeah. So. Hey, boo thing. All right, we got to talk about the G word, glyphosate, also known as Roundup. You know that weed killer stuff that your dad sprayed on dandelions in your yard? Well, it's actually licensed as an antibiotic and it's actually being used on the majority of our foods by conventional and even some organic farmers. This means that every time we eat foods that have been sprayed with glyphosate, we are consuming antibiotics. So not only are we repeatedly wrecking the diversity in our gut microbiome, but glyphosate has also been linked to liver disease, cancer, hormone disruption, birth defects, infertility, depression, and more. So this is a really big deal. And you're not alone if the glyphosate battle can sometimes feel overwhelming. I totally get it. But instead of feeling helpless, I want you to be informed and empowered. There are brands that are doing the extra work and going the extra mile to provide the glyphosate residue-free certification on their products. One of those brands is Organifi. When you use a scoop of any of the Organifi superfood blends, you can rest easy every time knowing that each one of Organifi's ingredients, whether it's the medicinal mushrooms, adaptogens, or other health-supporting herbs, are carefully sourced from organic farmers who do not use glyphosate. Because I prefer to live my life without chronic disease, I am obsessed with finding foods that are certified glyphosate-free. I do not want this toxic antibiotic in my life or in my body. Being your own best health advocate starts with understanding exactly what is going into your beautiful body. And Organifi makes it so easy for us. My favorites right now are the green, the red, and the gold also known as the Sunrise to Sunset Bundle. To grab this bundle or any of the other glyphosate-free Organifi products, go to Organifi.com and use the code MIMIFIT at checkout for 15% off each and every order. That's M-I-M-I-F-I-T at checkout for 15% off. Or just check the show notes. Remember, once we know better, we can do better. And now, you know. Cheers, boo. I, I actually, I completely understand. I can, I can feel, I can feel that in my body right now where it's like, no, I know how I could help you. And the reason why you feel it so strongly is because again, you're a projector, right? And each type has a feeling what's called the signature. Like when we're really in alignment, this is what we feel. And for projectors, it's success. So we really crave success because that's when we're in, we're really living our purpose of 
providing guidance towards other or for others and for generators it's um, satisfaction so you're so satisfied that like i built the thing i did the thing i used my energy correctly yeah i see chase is like smiling mm -hmm. so for projectors with the success thing there's this tension because like we really want to be helpful but not everybody is receptive to it and so this is where waiting for the invitation it's not meant to hold anyone back but it's this really like benevolent reminder that given the way our energy works we only want to be offering things to those who are really going to receive it and so it sounds like you're already really practicing like discerning is there space for me to share something here and if not like just experiment with holding back a little bit. And also if there are opportunities or situations where you're reaching out and there's quote rejection coming up, like there's nothing to feel bad about because there's just, there's no invitation. It's not personal. Now you get to take your energy and go somewhere else. That honestly, like that hits, that hits hard because, yeah. um, and, and it's actually woven itself into my business now where, um, you know, I don't, I don't sell anything. I don't like chase people. I don't, I literally wait for people and it just, it, it, it comes, mm -hmm. they'll, you know, ask questions or I'll make an offering like, Hey, if you want this, here's what I have. And then wait for people to raise their hand and poke me and say, hey, I do. Here's my email here, 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 rather than like chasing people with, you know, more, uh, I would say like marketing. Con well, no, I was going to say like con controversial things where it's oh, like, sure. if you're trying putting to like, it out there, them. like, Clickbait, yeah. I mean, we all know, like we all peruse our stories and sometimes what people put out, it's like, oh God, it's like, oh, it feels like it's like penetrating you and it's very aggressive. And I, I'm not that way anyways, but like I've found that people respond better, especially I must just, you know, my energy, but like, hey, if you want to know what I think about <laughs> fill in the blank. I have this, let me know. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it's you're, hitting you're actually. It sounds like you're naturally living out a lot of the projector, um, like tactical tips I would give people anyway, where it's like, because another common trap I see projectors fall into is they're like, okay, great. I need to wait for the invitation. So I'm just going to like sit on my couch and eat popcorn, right? And it's like, no, 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 no. You still have to tell people what you're up to. Um, and the like, hey, reach out, like, let me know if you want to know, like, these are all ways to set yourself up so that people are inviting you, right? Yeah. So it's like, you get some buy-in, and then you know, like, great, here's a green light for me to, to connect with you. Yeah, yeah. Megan, Megan's light is so contagious. And when she steps into like the best version of herself, you cannot get enough. Like, <laughs> it is it is so true. It, it can liquidate, like, anybody walking in the door with, with, um, you know, pessimism or skepticism, uh, because of her light and her presence, it's really incredible. <laughs> yeah. And that's part of it is, um, people feel so seen by projectors, right? Because we have that undefined sacral. So we're taking in a lot of other people's energy. And in your chart in particular, like you only have two defined centers. So everywhere where you're white, you know, you're, you're shining back, you're picking up and then shining back to other people, their emotions, their sense of drive and ambition, what their thoughts are, like you can really deeply become somebody else in, in many ways. And that feels good, right? It feels good when we're seen. So mm. Mm. absolutely, I, can, I see that very much in your chart. Um, I guess I wanna do something similar. So it's like, what does a day in flow for projector look like? Yes, um, in your case, so you have kind of a different blend of the, the arrows. Um, and so you're somebody where like 
maybe a little more some consistency around like your physical like food and things like that could be good but I also see you as someone where you're having a little more flexibility in your routine like allowing yourself to take breaks and move your body um, to change up where you're working like um, not necessarily be so structured in like this is calendaring every single hour um, but allowing inspiration to strike um, is going to support you a little bit more and not needing to even be so detailed in like what for example if you and Chase were to work on the same project like you might have more of a sense of like I just want these three things to be the guiding intentions versus like these are the 10 steps for the next six months you know um, <laughs> I, I honestly beat myself up sometimes because I don't live and die by my hour by hour calendar mm-hmm. like I've tried so many times to like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to start. I'm going to be this like, like Chase's inbox and calendar is the most organized, beautiful thing I've ever seen coming from like a business person. But like, I, it doesn't feel right or natural to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And that's the key part, right? Like you already know intuitively that doesn't feel right to me. And so this is the this is like the human design permission slip to be like, oh, you can be a really successful, confident, organized person without having to have like inbox zero, like meticulous perfection or whatever the expectation is. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And then in terms of like work, I would say, you know, just watch your energy. Right. So Mm -hmm. it's like when you're feeling inspired to do something, that's great. Um, And with, like no sacral and none of the other motor centers defined your energy might ebb and flow a lot more and so part of like reframing projector purpose and work is also like you part of your work could just be like meditating right because your presence is so strong that when you show up to an interview Mm -hmm. like you being fully there could have been taking a nap yesterday or whatever it is right Mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to be like the you know 8 10 12 hour workday that we see a lot of other people have yeah. These are, these are great uh, reminders for me as well. <laughs> I, I feel like we do have a very healthy, you know, dynamic as far as like appreciating the diversity in our, you know, styles of yeah. living life. It, it, yeah. That we complement each other. Mm-hmm. Right? And, 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 and I love the fact that, that, um, we can uniquely uh, work together with your, your freedom, um, because it's a great reminder for me to like, scrap my schedule sometimes too right yeah. uh, but also like i i will gladly raise my hand and be the stability and the structure mm-hmm. i will be the platform if need be for her to be completely free and to have that mm. creative um zero uh limits capacity to to like create and live life through so it's a great reminder for me that like those are the types of things to invest in and pour our energy into yeah, yeah. Oh, I love it. I, I already see like the the relationship understanding deepening as we talk about each of your mm-hmm. parts. Yeah, um, and I, I I'm gonna I'm I'm prompted just from your your assessment there. Like it does feel really good when I can work in different areas, and sometimes I'll go up to the roof and answer emails or whatever it is, or DMs, or go out to the patio, or I'll you know go on a walk and I'll answer DMs with my voice text instead of like being on my phone. And when I am able. To 
to do that, I feel so much better. There are days where I just, I do have to sit here for eight hours and edit and interview and this and that. But the days where I don't have to do that, where I'm, I'm changing it up, I feel so much better, which is probably not unique to my type, I guess, but it, whatever, it's landing yeah, for me. That's, and I, that's more I, for, for the arrows and less for the type, but oh, okay. Um, but yeah, uh, and then the last thing I'll say, and, and then I know we're, we're running a little long, um, as a projector, because you have an undefined cycle, you're picking up energy here and amplifying it. So having a wind down routine is especially helpful for, I guess this would be anyone that's not a generator or MG. Um, it could be bath, lying down, whatever it is, but it can be hard for a non-sacral to realize it's time to stop working because we're kind of like thrumming and riding the energy that we've been picking up. Whereas uh, for generators, it's like, you know when enough is enough. It's like, cool, I've used up all my energy for the day, done. Like probably fall asleep super fast if, you've, if you're in alignment. Whereas it's the opposite for the non-sacrals, the projectors, manifestors, reflectors, where like we need to actually clear out from what we can pick up, which is great and healthy, but it's not actually us, if that makes sense. Totally. Mm-hmm. And I think my sleep is like all over the place. Like I look at my aura ring and I'm awake like 20 times a night. And I, I think maybe I need to try a little bit harder or, or do better at having some sort of like wind down routine. Cause like we're, our nights are chill. We're just chilling here and watching some weird Gaia TV or something. But having my own personal, I think um, would be helpful in that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because Chase always has his sacral energy, right? So like you're going to be picking up on that sometimes. And this is like a little more controversial piece of human advice. Um, we like recommendation. It. We like the controversial. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, the recommendation is for non-sacrals to sleep alone sometimes if they can, because when you're resting, you're actually taking, you're still taking in the energy that's around you. Right. And in, in this case, like your conscious mind is like the analyzer is no longer online. So it's really, it's like, you're even more susceptible to picking up on other people's energy and still running it through your system. So it's like, you're not fully draining your own battery, if that makes sense. So it's not, Mm. I know it's really fun to cuddle and like be near someone. So this is not like a hard and fast, like thing that I'm a stickler about, but it's more like, Hey, just try it out and see how it feels. Like Mm. I have one, one student and she generator husband, projector wife. And she said, oh, during pandemic, like one of them got sick. And so they were sleeping apart for a while. And then she realized like, oh, this actually feels kind of good. And so now they've worked it in to be a more regular thing. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, we do have an extra room. So maybe I'll try it and try yeah, let's it. Go to try. see, see what it. happens. Yeah. We're up for the experiment. Let no, me know how it goes. Um, and I know we going along. That's a, it's totally fine. We obviously want to be mindful of your, uh, of your time and everything, but, um, I, I wanted to give people like a, a, a full experience to really like see all that can go into this. And, and you, you described it uh, so beautifully. Is there anything, um, you know, we talked a little bit about like the relationship, but, um, is there anything that, um, people would need to know about, you know, uh, going into a relationship, oh, I shouldn't be with this type or I should be Mm. with this type. Or is it more of just like the individuals making it work dependent on their type? Yeah. Um, there is no, uh, there's, there's nothing about anyone's design that would rule anyone out. Like, I know that we all want to optimize and like find the best, like 
partner on paper or whatever, but what it leaves out is like, you could find someone with the quote best design for you, which there isn't even such a thing, but let's say there was, but if they haven't done their own work and they're just like a mean person, right? Like it's probably yeah. not ideal. Sure. Yeah. So, so it's really much more about um, just like understanding what the other person's design is and then learning how you can communicate and support each other in them being them. Mm. Yeah. What are, what are some of the other, you know, generic, like, you know, what are some of the other types that we can talk about and describe and, and listeners like by all means, um, you know, look into this and, and like we've so beautifully had the opportunity to kind of like analyze ourselves mm -hmm. um, for those listening, you know, what, what are some of the things for their potential types that might really strike a chord with them and, and um, leaving a little bit more to be desired from your work here? Yeah, so we haven't talked about manifestors and their purpose is to really start and pave the way for new things in the world. Like they're the one type that can actually just go out and do something, right? We've talked about generators responding from their gut and projectors waiting for the invitation. Um, reflectors are actually meant to wait a whole lunar cycle before making a decision. So like really, uh, really surrendered to life, right? All these different types. Manifestors, they can just feel an urge and go for it. And that's actually what they're meant to do. So that's something for manifestors to think about is if you look up your chart and you're like, oh, this is me, um, where are you still diluting or compromising your own vision? Um, is there anywhere where people are asking you to do things in your life? Because you really sh shouldn't. Essentially, you should only be doing things that you really want to do, which can sound like really big and really bold. And so it, it can be a journey for many to get to that point. But every manifestor I know, like, especially as children, because we're so in touch then, have always known like crystal clear vision. This is, these are my preferences. This is what I want to do. And getting to a point where you can own that and set clear boundaries to fully live that is, that's how, that's how they give back to the world. Manifestors is like going where nobody else can go and, and bringing us along with them. So that's that. And then reflectors, um, just a little bit more there. So their chart is totally white and so they're like these chameleons where they can really like kind of be whoever they're around and then also shine back to the rest of us this is what's going on for us collectively so imagine like if you could kind of be whoever you are around you're in such an amazing place to accept everybody embrace all of society and so they're really the ones paving the way to teach the rest of us like how to get to unity consciousness mm -hmm. um and they're like the least, um, the least like striving, right? Because they're waiting for a month before they make decisions. They're letting life just kind of bring them where they want to mm -hmm. go. So that is a journey in really embracing your own sensitivity for, as a reflector. Mm. Um, and then like, I think of reflectors, it's like, they're like the orchid in the rainforest, right? Like treating them with such care. And yet they're like so rare and beautiful. Mm. Mm. So the, the, is, that a, is that a rare type of person? Yeah, they're about 1% of the population. Oh. Yeah, yeah. But, and as it goes back to purpose, right? Like we don't need everybody to be reflecting everything, right? We just, <laughs> we just need like a few of them and their impact can be so big. Mm. Um, and then the last type, which we haven't talked about is the manifesting generator. And they're this hybrid type where they have the energy that we talked about for Chase. And there's this kind of quickness that the manifester type has. So they're creating and building things, but often... They have a lot of different interests. Their gut's getting excited by like so many different things and they're kind of like 
jumping from the outside, the criticism, and this isn't true, but from the outside, people are like, oh, you're, you're pivoting again. Like, how come you're doing that? Like, shouldn't you just stick with one thing? Mm. And Is so, Christina Rice a manifesting generator? You would think, well, she's a generator with, um, there's a gate that that is all about extremes. So she's, oh. she's got that combination going. <laughs> um, but I, she, she told me, she was like, oh, I thought I was going to be a manifesting generator. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so it's not hard and fast, right? The way something shows up, it's like, right. you can be multi-passionate and not be a manifesting generator, but that's a common trait um, mm-hmm. because they're pulling together all these different things to create a new possibility um, as well. But, but more in a generator, like building kind of way. Gotcha. Yeah. A question on the projector. You said a self-projected projector. Uh-huh. Is that different than just a projector? It's your specific flavor of projector. So the self-projected part refers to the fact that your intuition works through you articulating, mm-hmm. right? Whereas, for example, that you could be an emotional projector where your authority would actually be like Chase's, where you're, you're waiting until emotional clarity to f- decide what you want. Um, or you could be a splenic projector, it's just referring to what your, your intuitive type, your authority is. Oh, okay. Yeah. We didn't, we, we, so we just authority. scratched the surface. I know. Like I a, know. Yeah. It's so great. We should so have a, good. we should totally have a part two. Um, but, um, yeah, you can just tell there's so many layers to this, which is, it's so beautiful just to get an overall picture. And then, um, is there anything else that overall maybe like um, if someone's just kind of finding out about uh, human design, is there any anything else that you would want just want to clarify or like a myth or something mm. that you just want to clear up and like get out in the open about all this? Yeah, I would say I think there's two things. One is go at your own pace. Like I know there's so much and not to feel overwhelmed. I know a lot of people, they're like, oh, I heard about human design three years ago, five years ago, and then I just put it down because I was like, I don't know what's going on here. Um, so, so if I were to start with anything, just picking up the pieces that feel approachable, um, you know, your type, experimenting with your strategy and not feeling like you have to get into all the other stuff can, can change so much, can be really helpful. And then the second piece is to just trust that it's an experiment, right? Like, the whole, the whole point of the whole system is like you are uniquely you and you know what's right for you. So if you ever read something, because there's a lot of, you know, there's so much out there and the way one person articulates a certain energy or quality might just be different language that doesn't resonate with you, right? So you can always experiment and decide for yourself what you want to keep versus leave. Yeah, that's good. That's a good reminder. And there's so many things like that. Um, Just because one thing doesn't resonate with you doesn't mean that the whole system is off or out of balance or or wrong or or bad or whatever you want to whatever you want to think about. But um, that's a really good reminder. Thank you. Of course. Can I give a quick example too? Like, I know somebody who is she she was really into human design. She was sharing with me like, oh, I I pulled up my boyfriend's chart and then he it said that he was supposed to be good at multitasking and he's he doesn't feel like that's the case so he's like totally turned off right (laughs) and i'm like oh yeah like i see why they would say that because i think it was i think he was an mg right so there's this idea of like multi-passionate whatever but like being a multitasker you could define that in so many different ways right right? and like where you are in your own journey and whatever like these are all different factors so um that's what i mean 
Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Definitely. Yeah, thank you for putting that in context. Um, oh my gosh, I feel like I want to keep going for like two more hours, but <laughs> thank you so much for sharing all that. That's a lot to keep in your head. And you really do, like, you do a great job of explaining and rather than just giving like, oh, it's this, it's this, it's this, like giving context and, and explaining it in, in a really beautiful way. So I, I love that. Yeah, and this is, this is, very, very evidently just the surface of, of a wealth of information from you, Victoria. Um, how can, how can we be an extension of you and your brand? Um, and what can you tell the listeners as far as like, you know, they're going to be thirsty for more. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, a couple ways to connect. I am on Instagram at victoriajane.hd. Um, and then I'm, I'm assuming you'll have like links and things so I can send, um, I have a free like e-guide around how to best work with your human design energy. So folks can grab that and sign up there and we can keep in touch by email as well. Cause I think I'm going to try to shift some more things there. Um, and yeah, and people can reach out in either place to get a reading. Um, as, as folks have just heard, there's like so much that's specific to you. So I'd love to support in that way if it's of interest. Absolutely. So this is one of those things where you might not want to just like, type in like, oh, which, which am I? And read like a Google printout. It's so much better to have a human really like make it a conversation rather than just a a printout or looking at, you know, a computer or something like that. Like there is an element to this and so many other things where having that context of another, of a person to be able to explain it is is really valuable. Mm. Well, thank you. Yeah. It's, it's always such a pleasure to to see people through their charts and then watch them feel so seen as well. Yeah. So many times I wish you guys could have all seen me rather than just hearing me, but I'm like hitting my head. I'm like (laughs) mouth open, like just laughing. Yeah. There's, there was so much that resonated and, and we're so appreciative of you. Um, The last question that we always ask every guest is, you know, the, the, Medicine Podcast is all about disease prevention for body, mind, and relationships. And we want to hear from you, Victoria, what currently feels like medicine first for your body right now? Mm. So in the last like two weeks, I've actually been throwback going back into just like basic mindfulness meditation Mm. and rereading, not rereading, re-listening to Tara Brock's podcast. Mm -hmm. So as like we were talking about layers before, like I first found her like in 2012 maybe, but I, with all the transition going on in my life, I'm like, wow, I need to just like be and feel like I've gotten really good at dropping into like beta, delta, like manifesting, Mm -hmm. reprogramming, but I've actually moved away from just being in like the present moment in my physical body. So that's kind of what I'm um, re-inviting back into my practice right now. And it feels really good. I love, love that. that. There probably is going to be some overlap here, but my next question is what about for your mind? What feels like medicine? Mm. So specifically the medicine from this practice as it applies to my mind is just to take a back seat and chill. Mm. Um, and that one's really hard for me. It's, it's mm. a, it's a medicine, but it's really challenging. I have a defined Ajna. So like, like Chase, it's like, I'm good at thinking. And a lot of these thoughts are fun. You know, they're interesting, yeah. Oh, yeah, I get that. <laughs> but they're not always helpful. So at the cost worth- of sleep sometimes yeah. for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. What about for your relationships or relationship, however you want to view that, what feels like medicine? Mm. I think deeply accepting people for who they are. Mm. without needing to change them. And I know that sounds really simple, but... Um, it's simple, but not always easy. But, but not easy, exactly. And like sitting with all of the emotional um, 
consequences that can come up with that. My own internal sense of maybe disappointment, defeat, as well as deep respect and reverence for the other person. Yes. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's a great reminder. Literally holding up a mirror and like they're a reflection of of me. We're we're not that different, even if it seems like we are. And I think that's a, a lost art these days is having that that bit of empathy and knowing that um, you know, we're we're all we're all the same in some way, even if what we project out is is seems very different. So that's a really good reminder for all of us. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here. We are, um, I'm, I'm just so happy to know you now and have made a new friend. And um, I, I'm just so grateful for your gift that you're giving the, the world that we, we can all have a little, a few more permission slips in life to celebrate the differences um, between us and, and how we coexist and co-create together. It's just, it's, it's awesome. So thank you. Oh, thank you. It's my pleasure. It's so wonderful to meet you both and and chat human design. Yes, love it. All right, you guys, go check Victoria out. Victoria Jane jane.hd um, hit her up uh, and and get that free e-guide you said it was a guide um, definitely take her up on that uh, she's a wonderful human and um, take something from this podcast and and just run with it and and if you don't know your human design yet figure it out and see if something falls into place for you and um, and you can find those little permission slips too all right thanks for listening and we will talk with you next time go spread some light. Bye. If you liked this episode, make sure you hit that subscribe button in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you prefer to listen. This will ensure that every episode drops into your library automatically. Also, make sure you're following me on Instagram at Mimi underscore the medicine. To learn more about our favorite health products, foods, and supplements we discuss on here, visit getmimifit.com forward slash the medicine cabinet, or just check the show notes below. Until next time. Cheers, boo.